0: Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. That would be me. It is Friday. It is the 29th day of April, the final Friday in the fourth month of the second year of the gropy Joe Biden Camel Toe Harris disaster of a presidency. It is Friday, and I don't have the Friday theme song here in the front seat of the old F-250, so for those of you who love it, my apologies. For those of you who hate it, you don't have to hear it today. You don't have to fast forward. This is the Truth Hurts program where we tell it like it is. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, but that may change and change very very soon, the Biden administration is now going to install a truth czar, basically a propaganda czar. Any misinformation or disinformation that comes from the Biden administration will simply be explained away by this individual. And any misinformation or disinformation that they think is happening from anyone who opposes what they have to say will be quickly criminalized and shut down by the new Truth Czar. Because I'm driving, I don't have access to this woman's name, but she is a political theater lover. One of those freaks who likes to go out to musical theater and political theater. She probably orgasmed multiple times during Hancock. And I'm not talking about the movie with Will Smith where he had superpowers. I'm talking about the musical theater version of Hancock, talking about slavery and how this country was founded upon racism. She probably had multiple screaming orgasms during that particular musical theater, and she has been quoted on her own social media posts as supporting the disinformation and misinformation surrounding the laptop of Hunter Biden. So they're putting a woman who espoused disinformation, who espoused a lie. If you recall, back when the Hunter Biden story first broke, the Democrats, the disinformation czars, the gurus, the masters of misinformation, went on this mission to try and tell everyone in the United States of America that the Hunter Biden laptop was a product of Russian disinformation and you shouldn't pay any attention to it. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Hunter Biden laptop. We don't know what you're talking about. Move along. Move along. Nothing to see here. These are not the droids you are looking for. But it turns out that the laptop was real and the emails that were retrieved from the laptop showing direct connections between Hunter Biden, the son of our now president, and Russian oligarchs, Ukrainian leaders, and communist Chinese party members, was indeed realistic, authentic, factual, the real deal. This woman who's being put in charge of the new White House disinformation network And that's a great name for it because it is indeed a White House disinformation network. She is one of the people who supported the lie that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian collusion. So why would you put someone like that in charge of your new Office of Disinformation? Makes no sense to me. Oh, but it makes sense to the Democrats. Who better than to perpetuate lies, fake news, false allegations, phony allegations, total disinformation and misinformation, than someone who believes wholeheartedly in the very notion of lying, of pretending to be someone you are not. A junkie of political musical theater fits the perfect bill the perfect description of who the Democrats and the Biden administration need, want, and now have to say whenever the critics of the Democrats, critics of Joe Biden, critics of Nancy Pelosi, critics of Chuck Schumer, critics of Kamala Toe Harris, critics of Elizabeth Warren, of Beto O'Rourke, of Sheila Jackson Lee, of the squad, AOC, crazy Bernie Sanders, Anytime someone criticizes anything they say, this person will have full say to simply stand up and say, nope, that's disinformation, shut them down, lock them up, put them away, silence them. It's what they did for the Hunter laptop story. It's what they did for the Hillary Clinton email story. It's what they did in reverse during the lies that brought two impeachment attempts against former President Donald Trump, both of those attempts, as you may recall, resulted in what? The complete acquittal and not guilty against the former president. They need this disinformation, misinformation czar right now because more and more and more compelling information is coming out against Hunter Biden and his ties to the big guy, his daddy, Joe Biden, your president of the United States of America, a man who was getting 10% of all of the ill-gotten gains, which brings me to my next point of Joe Biden. Joe Biden mumbled and fumbled and looked left and right, so confused yesterday when he lost his place on the teleprompter while trying to read something about the war in the Ukraine. He said several times that Putin has ill begotten gains and Do- Do- Donald Trump even laughed on the side. Donald Trump, not the gaff man, a very good communicator, just chuckled when he saw the video of Gropy Joe Biden using the term ill begotten gains. Anyone who has studied the English language even as a child knows that it is ill-gotten gains not ill-begotten gains begotten goes all the way back to the Bible when they were talking about the lineage of the people the children of the very beginnings of our world this one begot that one or begat that one this one was begotten of that Joe Biden lost his place on the teleprompter. Was looking feverishly left and right, hoping for someone in an Easter bunny costume to help him out like they did last week during Easter. Hoping, praying someone would please bail him out and help him find his place. Follow the bouncing ball on the teleprompter, the moving dot, the highlighter. But no one was there, so he started riffing Ad-libbing, speaking out of context, speaking off the cuff, speaking extemporaneously. That's the word I was looking for. Joe Biden was so lost during that speech, he made up words and used words that were completely and totally out of context. It was sad, yet funny all at the same time. Funny because, supposedly, 81 million Americans voted this clown into the office of the presidency. I don't see it. I don't see any Biden-Harris bumper stickers on any automobiles. I see no Biden-Harris billboards up. I see no Biden-Harris yard signs. So where are these 81 million people who now have no choice But to look at gropey Joe Biden and say, Jesus, what have we done? This guy is a buffoon. He is a clown. He is inept. He is unqualified. He is a disaster. Where are those people now? They have to say, oh, I didn't vote for him. Because otherwise, the truth comes out that they did indeed vote for him. And he is not qualified. To hold the office of president. That's reality, my friends. Unfortunately, though, there are many, many people in this country who refuse to admit that he is a disaster, that Joe Biden is a joke. They refuse to admit it because doing so would have to say they were wrong. They'd have to admit that they were stupid in their decision to elect this groper-in-chief. That is what it is, and this is the Truth Hurts Program. Now let's continue the program and go into a little bit of detail on the new so-called DHS Disinformation Board. The Washington Examiner, Haston Willis, writes, Biden administration takes heat over the DHS Disinformation Board. News that Gropey Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security had formed a new disinformation governance board was met with swift backlash from conservatives as well as free speech advocates worried about how the board might function and how it comports with the First Amendment. Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, mentioned the board on Wednesday during a hearing before the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Homeland Security, saying his department had just recently constituted the board. But the disinformation entity's name and mission set off red flags over potential freedom of speech violations. The federal government is supposed to not impede free speech. Hell, it's the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. And this is what Laura Race, former DHS deputy chief of staff and director of the Heritage Foundation's Border Security and Immigration Center had to say, the federal government is supposed to not impede free speech, and that's exactly what this board is going to do. It's not at all part of the mission of the Department of Homeland Security. Critics swiftly compared the board to the Ministry of Truth in George Orwell's novel 1984. One of the key concerns is, who will get to make the decision as to what constitutes disinformation on this measure the disinformation board attracted tish, uh, additional scrutiny <laughs> sorry here I hit a little bump nina jenkowitz Who was a disinformation fellow at the Wilson Center and advisor to the Ukrainian Foreign Ministry as part of the Fulbright Public Policy Fellowship, confirmed on Wednesday that she had been named the new executive director of the disinformation board. However, Jankowicz has a history of sharing misleading claims about British ex-spy Christopher Steele's discredited Trump dossier and downplaying all the controversy embroiling Hunter Biden. When pressed by a reporter about the situation, little red circle back girl Jen Pisaki, the facelift chick, said Thursday that she will need to learn more about this accusation, but she defends the board's mission. In other words, she did the usual backpedaling and changing the subject. She says, It sounds like the objective of the board is to prevent disinformation and misinformation from traveling around the country in a range of communities. I'm not sure who opposes that effort. Well, it all depends, P. on who is running the board and what their ulterior motives are. This truly is the Big Brother is watching and thought police and thought control. The White House supports the disinformation board, P. added, Citing disinformation that has circulated about COVID-19 and the elections. And on Friday, the White House said the disinformation board is a continuation of a Trump-era initiative. That, of course, is a lie. The elections issue came up during Alejandro Mayorkas' congressional hearing as well. Illinois Democratic Representative Lauren Underwood cited misinformation as a possible contributor to election outcomes that could be addressed. Underwood said to Mayorkas, A newer trend that we saw in the 2020 election and already in the 2022 midterms is that disinformation is being heavily targeted at Spanish-speaking voters sparking and fueling conspiracy theories. DHS and its components play a big role in addressing myths and disinformation in Spanish and in other languages. Such concerns raise further red flags. It's revealing that they're concerned about the election and Spanish-speaking voters. I think that gives away their game. At this point, it isn't clear exactly how the board will function or how it will combat misinformation. DHS has not issued a press release about the board and a search for Disinformation Governance Board on the department's website comes up blanks. The Washington Examiner newspaper reached out to DHS seeking more details, but has not gotten anything back. Ironically, the board's scattershot public unveiling may be contributing to the very false narratives it's supposed to correct. This according to Cato Institute policy analyst Will Dudfield, The launch has been terrible, he said. The launch of this thing probably has already created more disinformation or led to disinformation than the board will ever be able to combat. The lack of clear information about the board's role, its purpose, and of course its controversial leader, will lead people to assume the worst. Depending on how the board functions, it could be a useful tool to coordinate messaging across the many missions of DHS, but this is yet to be seen since we have no information about the Disinformation Board. Frankly, I'm skeptical that this thing will reach any at all, and it just appears to be a paper shuffling exercise, another way to pay some Democrat ass kisser a whole bunch of money for a do-nothing job. Anyway, they picked the wrong person, for sure. This is the Truth Hurts Program. So how do you destroy a country in less than a year and a half? Simply elect Joe Biden to be your president, Camel Toe Harris to be your vice president, and allow nut jobs like naughty, nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi to run the House, and Chuckles Over the Glasses Schumer to run the Senate. Then have nut jobs like Bernie Sanders, AOC, Elizabeth Warren, the Squad, Adam Schiff, and other nut jobs in key positions running key committees in the House and in the Senate. Here's another issue that you might want to know about. And I warned you last week when I said that the jobs and economics numbers were coming out, I was shocked. Remember, last week I said I had a prediction that the GDP of our country, the nation's growth of the economy, was going to probably come in less than 1%. I had no idea that there was not only no growth at all, but a pulling back of over 1.5%. We were in a technical recession the last quarter, the last three months, January, February, March. If this happens again, we will officially be in a recession by every economic data ever recorded. That would be the definition of a recession, two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Now, here's the biggest problem with that. In addition to... To the concerning report on U.S. gross domestic product for the first quarter was below almost one and a half percent. It was little noticed news on line 34 that showed not only do we have a slowing of the economy, real disposable incomes fell for the fourth straight quarter. That's quarter of a year. That's four straight three-month periods of time, which equates to one year. How long has Biden been the president? A little over one year. Incomes are perhaps the least appreciated factor in driving economic growth because everything starts with your income. Unwinding the stimulus, over the last four quarters, the purchasing power of after-tax household incomes plunged by $2.2 trillion, or... Just shy of an 11% decline. By far the largest decline in household disposable incomes, all the way dating back to 1947. For those of you keeping count, that is 75 years. Of course, the decline in incomes is merely the unwinding of the massive support that households received from the government during those stimulus checks. Those bribes that were sent out by Democrats in an effort to unseat Donald Trump. The child tax credit. The tax credit for people who don't work at all and don't pay any taxes. We just gave them money out of the federal treasury to bribe them into voting Democrat. Not to mention those enhanced benefits for unemployment insurance, which paid people more money to stay home than they were making when they were working. Also, additions in Medicare, food stamps, housing assistance, and all the other giveaways. This means now the Fed is chasing a shadow because if our current spike in inflation is all due to an overgenerous federal government giving its people too much free money, inflation is not going to go away. Economists are saying that most of the government's income support has already disappeared. In other words, people have already spent all of their stimulus money and now many of them are still unemployed. So how the hell are they going to buy the things they need when they pissed away all of that disposable extra income? The faucet has been shut off. Without all that extra money given away by Uncle Sam, U.S. households will have to start either A. Living within their means again, or B. Losing houses, foreclosing on mortgages, foreclosing on car loans. Demand will slow, and so will inflation at some point. According to the laws of supply and demand, inflation will be starved of its oxygen, and when people don't have any money to buy anything... Prices won't go down, people just won't buy anything. The mission is now to destroy demand. If consumer demand fueled by free money from Washington has overheated the economy, then the inflation problem could be solved before the Fed really gets going on interest rate hikes. There's no excess income left to drive the economy beyond its current capacity the fed is however determined to quash demand and that's what rising the interest raising the interest rates rather is all about slow the demand in an already overheated economy thanks to joe biden's piss poor handling of the economy and raise the cost of borrowing so no one will go out and buy new cars or new houses or do anything that requires borrowing money that will put people out of work There goes the wonderful so-called unemployment numbers of Joe Biden, and we will be falling into a recession just like we did after Jimmy Carter. You can already see signs that the promise of higher interest rates is reducing demand for home purchases. The National Association of Home Builders has reported a sharp decline in orders for new homes. Higher interest rates will also push down demand for motor cars, and other large consumer purchases, such as furniture, home improvements, etc. American households have been taking on very little debt in the last two years because who the hell wants to loan money to someone who's unemployed whose only income was government stimulus checks? Now, higher interest rates will also affect business investment decisions, although the conventional wisdom ignores the evidence that businesses base investment decisions almost entirely on net costs rather than gross costs. If profits are high, especially in an era where we have inflation causing the profits to be high, companies will continue to raise their prices to compete with the interest rate hikes they have to compete against. The Fed has a problem, and the problem's name is Joe Biden. Consumer spending is not very sensitive to the rise of interest rates outside of car purchases, furniture purchases, and, of course, home purchases. But then again, neither is business investment. The financial markets are quite sensitive to interest rates, and if you've noticed, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, along with other stock indexes, have taken a major crap in the past few days. The Fed will keep up the jacking up of interest rates, and they will find the only thing they've accomplished is creating a recession and a bear market. Thanks, gropy Joe Biden. He has managed to have inflation and recession, empty shelves, and fuel shortages and rising fuel prices all in the same first year in office. He has proven now that he is a far worse president than even Jimmy Carter, previously known to be the worst president in the history of our country. Speaking of history, history shows that the Federal Reserve has to raise interest rates enough to destroy jobs, not just demand, because soft landings are very rare in the U.S. economy. What if our inflation problem isn't due to too much demand, but to other forces, like Joe Biden's piss-poor handling of every single thing he's touched? What other forces? How about an unlikely combination of factors starting with gropey joe's empty shelves you know those strange burdensome supply shortages that have almost every car lot in the country devoid of new cars how about the empty shelves for products that were rolling through toilet paper shortages and everything else we can't blame the pandemic anymore there is no pandemic And we can't blame the war in the Ukraine, because that's happening way the hell over there and has no direct bearing on what we do here. Chip shortages? I don't think so. Here's the problem. The largest increase in fuel prices, food and durable goods, electronics, furnishings, and especially food, is the fault of one man and one man only. Who's that, you ask? The guy in the White House running the show. The guy who says he was going to shut down the pandemic, not the economy. The pandemic has done what I said it was going to do all along. Let people go out without masks and let's make herd immunity happen. They've put the COVID virus on the back burner for now because it was never really that big a deal to begin with. Mainstream economists love to make fun of liberals who put the blame on profit maximizing companies. They point out that corporations have always been quote unquote greedy, but what they fail to realize is what I've said on this program since day one. If a company doesn't make major profits there's no reason for them to keep employees on the payroll. They will cut 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 to the bone because without profits There is no motivation for any company to remain in business. These economists wedded to models of perfect markets can't see that most of the price increases that have been announced are that of the poor financial decisions of none other than gropey Joe Biden. You can't blame greedy corporations for them making profits. The laws of supply and demand in our capitalist economy, have always dictated the profits that a company makes. Microsoft isn't being forced to raise prices for software that it developed decades ago. It is supply and demand. And yes, in a way, you are still paying for what was developed a long time ago. There were major costs in developing that software. That is why medications continue to cost money. Pricing is factored in to the total cost of research, development, design, patenting, all of the legal ramifications, the potential liability, all of that has to be built into profits. But the liberals don't want to admit to those things because, well, that would mean they would have to admit that it's not greedy corporations, it's lawyers and Democrats what do you mean, Steve? Well, let's say I develop a brand new cure for baldness. I'd be the first one in line. But let's say somebody gets a pimple on their ass after taking the new baldness cure, and they decide to sue, and they get a sympathetic jury of Democrats who say, well, that guy got a pimple on his ass for curing baldness, and we think that that pimple on his ass is worth $31 million in settlement money. You think that money falls out of a The profit, uh, excuse me, you think that money falls out of the wallet of some corporate executive? Of course not. It falls out of the profits that the company makes. And again, no profit, no need for employees, no need to stay in business. You can't sue every corporation in the country out of existence and then bitch and complain when there are no breads, no cookies, no meats, no canned goods, no furniture anywhere on the shelves. Here's what's about to happen, folks stagflation, gropey Joe Biden style, low growth, high inflation, and a recession looming. The solution to inflation is get Joe Biden out of office as quickly as possible. And that, my friends, is the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. And that's all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Hope you have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are free speech protected by the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautix.